You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. What I do. How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? Well, look, the first thing, it was great to see our players happy and excited uh, to be celebrating um, a win, a really good win for them. Um, After getting behind in the game 17-7, to You know, to come back and sort of play the way we're capable of playing and uh, do things with sort of a relentless competitive sort of spirit and enthusiasm and togetherness as a team, um, I think was was great. And it was, you know, really good to see the players happy, excited and celebrating uh, because they were happy that they had put something in something and got a positive result. you know, in reviewing the film, obviously, you know, I think that we always have to be able to focus on taking advantage of opportunities that we have. Uh, we also have to focus on making sure that we learn the lessons of things that we do um, that actually help the other team uh, have opportunities in the game as well. So, those are all lessons to be learned. I think the focus needs to be on our team, what our team needs to do to uh, each individual on our team and each unit on our team. What do we need to do to improve? Uh, what do we need to do to try to do a better job with consistency and execution uh, in terms of what we do as coaches as well as how we get the players to stay focused so that we can execute with more consistency? You know, great to see Byron Young, SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week. He had a heck of a game. Will Reichert made some real key clutch kicks in the game. Um, it's great for those guys to get recognized. You know, Austin Pay, um, you know, Scotty Walden does a really, really good job there. Um, for FCS, you know, these guys are ranked, you know, in the top part of their division. And just about everything they do, uh, they're really good on defense. They got one of the top 10 defenses. Um, they average 450 yards a game on offense with a lot of balance. Quarterback does a really good job with them. Um, number 10, McCray is a really explosive player that they do a good job of utilizing his talents. Uh, they got good returner. Um, so, you know, look, we need to prepare for this game like any other game that we play. Uh, we need to be ready to play well. Uh, they have enough people on their team to be able to take advantage of uh, any lack of execution. And certainly we want to focus on us being able to execute, you know, in a really positive way and try to build on the momentum uh, of, you know, having a good second half and uh, improving to finish the season. Start over here with Coach, you've talked throughout the season about the emphasis placed on turnovers is there something maybe you can pinpoint as a reason you guys have had so few of those this season i i I can't 
you know, it, it comes down to player awareness. Uh, it comes down to player focus. It comes down to, um, you know, on defense, you got to be physical. You know, when you're physical, you knock the ball off of people. Um, when you have good cleanup, right, which means a lot of guys are getting to the ball, second guy in has a chance to take a shot at the ball. All these things are things that we emphasize, and we actually did better uh, in this last game. Uh, but, you know, only got the result of one turnover. Had another chance to intercept the ball and, you know, didn't make the catch. But um, we just got to keep harping on it and keep working on it with our players to work on how do you get the ball out, when do you take shots at it, and um, try to do it better because this is this is something that, you know, has a significant impact on games. And we, we, need, we need to do a better job in that regard. How do you describe the vision and the footwork of Bryce Young in the pocket when the, when the protection breaks down and he has to make things happen? Well, you know, we had three or four of our explosive plays, you know, in the game where, you know, whatever you want to call him, moving in the pocket, making people miss in the pocket. Uh, he's deceptively quick. Uh, to make people miss, um, especially if they're coming out of, out of, out of control. Um, but, you know, he does a fantastic job of having to feel in the pocket of when he needs to do it, and he's very good at doing it, and his ability to extend plays. And then our receivers have done a really good job when he does scramble of applying scramble rules to get where they need to get so they have an opportunity to make themselves available for the ball. So uh, that's that was good for us in the game. I mean, we, I think we made three or four big plays on them, that kind of thing. Uh, what would you say is the next step uh, in Ja'Cory Brooks's development? Ja'Cory Brooks has played really well for us. Uh, I mean, guy's a dog. Uh, he plays great on special teams. Um, he'll block. He's physical. Plays hard all the time. Uh, makes contested catches. I mean, just, you know... I'm sure that if you ask him, um, there's always things that you can improve on, um, whether it's releases, separating at the top of the break, wh wh whatever. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's things that he can improve on. But, you know, he's one of the guys on our team that I think is a great competitor who has really played consistently all year long for us. Let's start with Katie. Coach Brian Branch obviously had the stop on the fourth down play, but just kind of what what kind of weapons he been in the defensive backfield all season, and just kind of his versatility. Uh, Brian Branch is a, you know, he's a very versatile player. Uh, he's got good cover skills. Uh, he's physical. He's a good blitzer. Uh, for the most part, he's a he's a good tackler. Although on their long run at the end of the game, you know, he he missed the tackle, but. Um, you know, I, I think he's a really, really good competitor. And, um, you know, his versatility as a player, playing star, playing safety, playing money is, you know, it's if you don't have a few guys like that on your team, then you don't have any diversity in what you can do on defense. So and I think he's played extremely well for us and very consistently all year long. Back here. Hi, Coach. When some of those end-of-season goals are off the table, what's the biggest challenge in getting your team to play with that same consistency and intensity throughout the end of the season? Well, I think I think it comes down to 
like the things that we talked about last week in terms of are you going to define your identity as a football player and as a football team or are you going to let other people do it um and you know being the best that you can be as a player uh taking some of the things that have happened to us personally uh in terms of your pride as a competitor and the consistency in our performance are all things that if you are a competitor, you, you're going to respond. And I think our players did that in this game. Now, the challenge is, is are we going to continue it to finish the season? What did you see from Terry and Arnold kind of stepping in for, for Eli against Ole Miss and just what, what you, his ability to kind of just do that off the bench? Well, I mean, you saw the game. Um, yeah, I think Terry on Arnold plays really well when he plays with good technique. Uh, I think when he has bad habits in his technique, uh, which I'm not going to get into specifically, um, he allows the other guy to, you know, take advantage of him on release and doesn't always put him in a great position to play the ball. Uh, but he actually played better as the game went on. Um, so, and, you know, the guy has been a starter for us for, you know, half the season. So uh, he's got experience. He should be able to go out there and play with confidence. And we have confidence in him. Uh, but I also think he's got to stay focused on doing things correctly because it helps him uh, be able to put himself in the best position. Two more. We'll start with Mike Rodak. We saw Tyler Harrell get into the game briefly on Saturday. Just where does he stand with his health and just his comfort level with the offense? Yeah, well, he's learning. Uh, he's healthy now. Uh, he's learning. He's getting lots of reps. Uh, guy's got really good speed, which I think would help us on offense. And I think, you know, we need to, you know, find ways to try to, you know, use him in certain situations that can be helpful to um given us some explosive vertical plays down the field which there's you know been a lack of recently and you know he's making really good progress go to joey finish up over there hey coach uh you talked last week on hey coach um about unsung heroes and you mentioned guys specifically like byron young and kendrick law um not necessarily those guys specifically but in general um how important are guys like that to contribute to the team that don't necessarily share the same spotlight well, i think it's important to have a whole team of guys like that I think if everybody's putting the team first and want to do what they can do to help develop themselves so that they create value for their future and opportunities in their future, as well as whatever their role is on the team, you know, do it the best you can do it. So the team has the best chance to sort of develop uh, the kind of personality as well as um, the intangibles that you need to uh, be a great competitor. And um, look, there's a lot of distractions out there and guys have to choose to focus on the right thing. Um, can't worry about all the stuff, you know, you've heard me talk about it before, uh, external noise, rat poison, whatever you want to talk, whether it's good, bad or indifferent. When you step on the field to compete, you need to be focused on what you need to do to play the best you can to dominate your box against whatever the challenge is, whether you're an offensive lineman, a defensive back, a linebacker, it doesn't matter. And um, that's a challenge. It's more challenging now than it's ever been before. Uh, but it's important for guys that aren't starters on your team, don't even know if they're going to play, uh, to get ready to play so they can take advantage of the opportunity 
when they do play. Uh, because those opportunities will come at some point, and sometimes it's when you least expect them. And some of the young guys on our team have done a much better job of that this year uh, than I thought some of the guys did in years past. All right, thank you. Well, there you have it, Nick Saban leading up to Austin P and following the win over Ole Miss. Matt Coulter's here. Lars Anderson will join us in just a minute. And the man, Christian Miller, is in the house as well. As you listen to this show on Tide and the other affiliates, the gang will be right back after this brief commercial word. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. When choosing a wireless provider, you're forced to compromise. But what if you didn't have to? What if you could get reliable service without a contract and save money? Introducing Total. Ninth the low at 46. For tomorrow, cloudy and very cool rain mainly during the morning hours. The high tomorrow at 53. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 55 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back into the Jay Barker Show on the Jay Barker Radio Network. Matt Coulter sitting in along with Christian Miller. And uh, Lars Anderson is uh, joining us as well. Lars, how are you today? I'm doing good. I am going to be back in Alabama tomorrow. Been out uh, on assignment. But, um, yeah, you know, just my reaction to the game was it wasn't a thing of beauty. Um, and I've used this before, like Alabama is not a Picasso, right? It doesn't have like these really interesting (laughs) lines in the painting and, uh, something that reveals a larger life or larger truth about life. It's really the Alabama where you just throw paint onto the canvas and maybe it'll look good and maybe it'll look like crap <laughs> you never know and this team is a pollock and uh on saturday it was a pollock again but they did just enough to win the game and uh i i thought um they showed just remarkable resiliency because it it, it the beginning of the game had this here we go again feel and uh, looked like that they were going to be headed to, toward their third straight road defeat, falling behind. And uh, then a few key plays got them back in the game. Bryce Young was really strong. But uh, I, I think uh, if you're an Alabama fan this morning, uh, you should feel pretty good about the effort that and the character that the team showed. Uh, your reaction, uh, 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 Matt? Well, I'm, I want to uh, pass it along to Christian. I'll make some observations during the show. But um, what I wanted to know, I mean, you're an edge guy. Christian Miller's a defensive guy and, and excelled at it. But uh, it looked to me like Alabama made some kind 
of adjustments because mm-hmm. they were a different team. And I'll say this both offensively and defensively in the second half. From a defensive uh, standpoint, can you say, did what, what do they do? They shift somebody along the defensive line. They change your coverage. They just looked like a different team. I think the biggest thing, Matt, was really they just they shifted their mindset, and it looked like they came out with a whole other intensity, and that's that's what we've been waiting on and wanting to see from these guys is to go out there and really compete. And you know what they say, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, and that's exactly what those guys did. They went out in that second half, and they just dominated. And I said two things when we talked on Saturday. I said the two things they need to do, they need to dominate the line of scrimmage, and they need to run the ball and, uh, and, and stop the run. And the other thing was to finish, and that's exactly what ended up being um, the key factors in this game. They did a good job stopping um, Ole, Miss, Ole Miss's rushing attack, and then they did a good job, a great job, actually, running the football in the second half. They got back to that Alabama standard of running the football, which started up front in the trenches. The offense line was physical. They were making key blocks. You saw Mew Ekior pull and pancake a guy, and Jace McClellan was just – he was rolling, and that's that was even with, um, you know, um, uh, you know, running back uh, number one, Gibbs. Gibbs, that's yeah, right. That Gibbs. was my follow up question. Have you heard anything behind the scenes? Uh, they Saban briefly talked about in post game that it was an ankle. Yeah, uh, he was still dressed and ready to go. I guess if he absolutely had is. Was it ankle? And what do you guys hear about Eli Ricks? Well, I heard that um, Gibbs had twisted his ankle throughout the game, and uh, that's why they had him um, sitting back. I'm sure he probably could have gone in if they needed him to, but it seemed like Jason McClellan and Roy Dell Williams were doing a great job of running the football, so they decided to rest him. And Eli Ricks, um, they said it was a head injury. I'm assuming they'll probably test him for um, a concussion. And uh, knowing that training staff, they'll make sure those guys are both uh, getting ready to roll moving forward. Lars, I think maybe – yeah, ankle injury, but I also think that uh, he's he's a better outside guy. Let's just put it that way. The other two, Roydale, yep. they, they are better crushing inside. And as the game got longer, and I noticed this, I was telling my wife, and she's going, I'm sorry, man, I'm, I'm working my puzzle here. So uh, <laughs> uh, as Alabama got stronger running the ball late, it reminded me of those teams back – 10 years ago. Yeah. But by the end of the game, I mean, Ole Miss had the hands on the hips. That's right. Well, if you're running the football, that's the greatest sign you can see. That's exactly right. And that's, that's what we've been needing to get back to. And that's, that's what we talk about. I felt like I was watching what I'm used to seeing from Alabama football. And that was being dominant up front and really imposing your will on your opponent. And even on the defensive side, look at Byron Young. Unreal. I mean, he played his tail off. I mean, it's something about 47s playing Ole Miss because my senior year, I, <laughs> I, have to, I have to humbly say this. I had three sacks in the first half oh, against Ole wow. Miss. I'm just awesome. saying so there's something about number 47 playing at Ole Miss. But no, Byron Young, man, he played great. Uh, two sacks, two tackles for loss, uh, pass deflection, forced fumble, 11 tackles. 11. And that's coming from an interior defensive that's lineman. Just, uh, when I saw that, I went, you know what? That's not a mistake because no. 47 was living in the Ole Miss backfield. He was. And he had two. They really they were tackled at the line of scrimmage, but close, one yard away from being. He almost had four sacks, it looked like, because he would tackle the quarterback right at the line of scrimmage. But. Man, that's the, that's the type of football that we need to play moving forward and just just continue it. And I think these guys got a good feel for that. And uh, I think they definitely need to go into this week and build off of that momentum and, and carry it forward. Branch had a great game too, Lars. And I just wanted to toss it back to you and ask you the same question I initially did with Christian Miller. And that's, did you see a different team mentally in the second half? Yeah. I mean, coming out of the gate, right? Just uh, a few minutes into the game, 
you could just feel the Alabama team wasn't up for it uh, for whatever reason. They just came out flat, and this looked like the time when Lane Kiffin was going to get his first victory over Nick Saban. Um, and, you know, at, at they, they jump out to the lead, um, and, and, and uh, it, 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 jump out to the early lead, um, even though Ole Miss, uh, I, I don't know what Lane was thinking about going for it on fourth down in that early, on the very first series of the game. I would have taken the points there. Alabama kind of did the same thing, but Alabama falls behind 10-0 on the road. The running game's going nowhere, uh, seven attempts for four yards. Uh, the passing attack wasn't much better. Young, early in the game, was three of six for 18 yards. And then I, I think a key moment really happened when Young on the off on the sideline, man, he just got in the face of his offense. And it's like I've been waiting for that out of Bryce Young. And, and I know that he is kind of a he, – he's a quiet – uh, very, very articulate and smart, but you know he's a little reticent. I think to get in the face of uh, of uh, of his teammates, and man, he let him have it. He let him have it, and then Saban jumped in too. Uh, he saw what Bryce was doing, and Saban was back and got in and like was backing up his quarterback. And and Saban said later that his message was, "Hey, just do the simple things better. Do the simple things better." And the offense responded right away. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, again, I think it showed character. Um, I think it showed that this team isn't going to just sort of play out the string. And um, look, there it's the first team in, in, in what, since uh, I think eight years that has uh, been effectively eliminated from the college football playoffs before Thanksgiving. Um, but, um, hopefully, you know, that they'll keep this going and get to a a decent bowl game and not just sort of roll over in the bowl game. Like we saw against Utah in the sugar bowl so many years ago and against Oklahoma in the sugar bowl so many years ago. But, um, Christian, just what was your thought on, again, the, the resiliency that the team showed on Saturday? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. You know, there was times in the first half that, you know, they definitely kind of just were a little inconsistent. I, I was thinking in my head watching it, it felt like they would take one step forward and two steps backwards. And, um, you know, going into that second half, they, they, they did whatever they needed to do to, to get that right mindset. And, and you're right, that shows great character on their part. To, to And it shows great leadership. Like you mentioned, Bryce Young really, really harped on his guys on the sideline. And I'm sure – um, some of those defensive leaders like Will Anderson did the same thing at halftime and it really showed coming out in that second half. And, you know, that's that's what that's what makes great football teams. You have good leaders and you have uh, good character because that's that's when, when it really matters. You know, it's easy to, you know, when you're winning so much and, and, and things just feel easy, it's easy just to go through the motions and whatnot. But you find out a lot about yourself when you face adversity. And, and that's what those guys were facing. And, and like you said, that there is a chance they could have uh, suffered that that same fate that they had against uh, Tennessee and LSU. But they found uh, found a way to 
put it together. I, I just think they have to just do their best earlier in games to not put themselves in position to keep going down to the wire with these teams. I mean, we're playing, um, you know, great SEC teams. The last thing you want to do is, you know, keep going down to the wire and letting the last play of, of the game, because technically that's pretty much what it was. It almost was another last play of the game um, situation. Have, yeah, you know, luckily it was great coverage by Branch. I mean, he couldn't have played that any better. Um, deflected the ball in the end zone and forced turnover on downs. But I mean, we we just I feel like we have to do better earlier on to not put ourselves in those positions um, with whether self inflicted wounds or whatnot. So um, great character shown by those guys. Again, they have to carry that momentum moving forward. All right, I uh, listened in as we carried right here on our flagship station and our other affiliates as well. Nick Saban's news conference, his traditional Monday afternoon news conference. You heard it all. There was a word missing. And when we get back, we're going to talk about it because it's been really, really in large scrawl the last three weeks. So we'll get to that as you continue to listen to the Jay Barker Show and Network. Christian Miller, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, back and fly. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now. For technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida, join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205 716 
Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Hey, back on the show, Christian Miller, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. Thanks for dialing us in today. A little chilly. No, actually, to most people, this is a lot chilly. It's like 41 degrees. There is sunshine, though, and that makes a big difference. Thank Chris. goodness. Oh, yeah. man. And it's, I think it's going to warm up a little bit, but uh, you're cold weather. Would you rather be a little cold or a little hot? Oh, I'd rather be a little hot. Well, yeah, probably a little hot. It, it, I, playing football in the cold is terrible, number one. Let's just get that out of the way. And let Coach Saban would not let us wear sleeves when, when we were here, just oh, so we're clear. Speaking of sleeves, we've got to do the Texas A&M thing here in a little bit. But um, in my limited experience, when, when you were playing in really cold weather, it was like jumping into a swimming pool. You, that first, you got to get that first lick in. You got to. And you know it's going to suck. Oh, yeah. Because your whole body is going to shake. That's right. But then as the game plays on, it's like warming up in a swimming pool. Yep. You get used to it, and you keep playing. Yep. What's the coldest you ever have played? Man, probably, I would say probably, like, I think it was when I was in Green Bay. I played against Green Bay uh, my rookie year. I don't remember the temperature, but I mean it was snowing and it, it, it was cold. I don't know the temperature, but it was cold enough for me to know it was. I, I did not like it. You know, Lars is from Nebraska. Well, hey, Matt, Matt, I got to, I, I, yeah. Matt, I got to stop you. Like, we got some breaking news here that yeah. Christian just popped on us. So, Coach Saban, Coach Saban would not let you wear long sleeves uh, in cold weather. No, no, it was, uh, it was like a mindset thing, honestly. Um, and also, I think the his, part of his reasoning was he was saying, I think sleeves um, almost promote fumbling, or they, um, you know, play a part in guys fumbling the football. Maybe the sleeves aren't as, uh, you know, sticky as you know skin, maybe. But um, yeah, we could not wear sleeves. Now they would issue leg tights um, when it was cold, cold, and um, that was pretty much it. But yeah, long sleeves on your arms was a no go. 
even the long wow. strips that they use like as a protective yeah measure? so those strips are fine but in terms of like a long sleeve undershirt no we couldn't wear those i mean i think i used to wear like a one arm sleeve but i was a defender i wasn't carrying the football running backs definitely can't wear sleeves i know for a fact but yeah no they 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 were again, I don't even think they would issue a long sleeve shirt from the training room. So if you wore one, you'd have to wear your own. You could try to wear your own, and you're going to get caught uh, yeah, pretty quick. The, well, that's what happened with the guy at Texas A&M, uh, Moose Muhammad, wide receiver. Have y'all read about this? You heard about this? Uh, he didn't play because Jimbo said, and he said in his post game that it was internal. But later, player tweeted that he was not allowed to play. Because he wanted to wear sleeves. Mm. Now, my question to Lars and to Kristen is, I see players wearing sleeves. Right. Is there a rule? Well, like I said, in, in my experience, I think it was more so like a mental toughness uh, deal. Yeah. And that combined with uh, they, they felt that fumbling was more, you're more susceptible to fumble if you were wearing sleeves. Um, so I guess it depends on the coach. I mean, I've played against other teams, and those guys have long sleeves, and I guess there's no issue. But... I kind of took pride in it, though, because, again, I mean, it made you tough, you know. You don't have any sleeves on, and it's, you know, 30 degrees outside. You got to be pretty crazy to do that. I, I remember, you know, I'm a big Bengals fan, Christian, and I know this was before you were born, but in 1981, the Bengals hosted the San Diego Chargers in the AFC Championship game, right? And uh, the, um, the the temperature – uh, wind chill factor was minus 59 and um, like you got these guys coming from Cali they had wanted no part of playing in that did you, cold did you say minus 59 the Bengals, the Bengals offensive linemen come out and they're not wearing sleeves they're not wearing sleeves wow. and uh, everybody else I mean even the running backs uh, quarterback uh Ken Anderson, he was going to try to wear gloves, but then he he got he got rid of the gloves, and um, and and since then he ended up winning the game twenty seven to seven, and there was actually some controversy in there because there was a door uh, that sort of led out to uh, the Ohio River, um, and uh, when the Chargers had the ball, that door was wide open, right, <laughs> <laughs> wide open. And that just created like this wind tunnel. And uh, when the Bengals had the ball, that door was shut. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I have uh, a <laughs> uh, Charger friend still uh, complaining about that. But uh, huh. hey, where I am right now in the Midwest, it's about uh, 20 degrees and it feels like it's 59 below zero. Um, you know, I grew up in the Midwest and now that I have lived south of the Mason-Dixon line for 15 years, I am never going back north of it, <laughs> Matt. I, I, I cannot are. deal with cold anymore. Now he's the biggest baby in the world about being cold, even though he used to throw newspapers when it was minus 11. I, I have to just uh, go back. Well, just rewind you, you that one time. Did, did you say below 59, Lars? Did I hear that correctly? It was it was minus fifty nine degree fifty nine below was the wind chill factor. It wow. was it was actually colder than the freezer bowl, the famed uh, uh, game between Green Bay and, and Dallas, Dallas in Green yeah. Bay, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then so. Uh, 59 that degrees. Yeah. It seems that like. Name of that game the ice. Wouldn't your skin just peel off? I was about to say that just, almost sounds dangerous. It's like but. it's just frostbite waiting to happen. Uh, I will say, my you know, my dad played uh, for the New York Giants for eight years, and the Minnesota Vikings won. And I remember he always would talk about anytime I complained about the cold. Because, again, I born and raised in Columbia, South Carolina, then I came here. So I've, I've been down south my entire <laughs> life. But I remember my dad would be like, man, that's nothing. We used to play in New York. It'd be negative 10 degrees. And I thought that was nuts. But, Lars, you just dropped a bomb on me right there. That Wow. Well, one of the best stories I've ever heard uh, concerning that is from Tom Banks, who was a longtime All-Pro center for the St. Louis Cardinals. He played alongside Conrad Dobler and Deerdorf and what many say is the best offensive line in the history of the game. They didn't sack Hart all year. They did not give up a sack. That's incredible. Wow. But anyway, they were in Green Bay, and it got a lot colder than they anticipated, so they sent the manager to the local Walmart, and he bought 53 big girl pair of pantyhose that they wore <laughs> in the second half. Wow. <laughs> because their their skin was just freezing. I can imagine. Uh, by the way, they came back, and, yeah. and they won. Wow. Don't you love seeing those uh, really well lubricated fans at the end of those games <laughs> with their shirts off, dancing around? Like you know, they have to suffer frostbite, Matt. They have to. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm just kind of thinking. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that has to be influenced in some way or another. All right, going into the break. Uh, I just wondered. I wanted to ask you, Lars, if there was a word absent from Nick Saban's news conference today that you really, really noticed. Yes, of course. Um, the word is anxiety right. that Nick Saban has used more this year than ever before. And uh, Christian, Matt and I have spent a lot of time thinking about this, talking about this, probably way too much time focused on this one word. And... The question is, has it become a self-fulfilling prophecy? The fact that Coach Saban is talking about it in the media so much that his players have anxiety. They're suffering from anxiety. They're anxious um, to try to live up to the Alabama standard. Is the fact that he has talked about it, has that been a mistake? And then also, Christian, I want to get your thoughts, sort of big picture you know, from from 30,000 feet in the sky, what has gone wrong with this Alabama team? And and Matt and I both kind of have our our theories and uh, would love to get yours on the other side. Also, we will hear from Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin, who, you know, he's usually kind of jovial and joking around. He was not after the Alabama game. This guy wants to beat Saban like nobody's business. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Weather brought to you by Tidwell Chiropractic, the only third-generation chiropractor in Tuscaloosa with over 25 years' experience. Call Tidwell Chiropractic at 752. Back on the Jay Barker Show and Network, Matt Coulter, Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, 
Talking football, talking Alabama football. Uh, Lars, uh, just kind of paraphrase your question again so folks just now tuning in can catch up on what you wanted to get from Christian Miller. Yeah, so Christian, I, I wanted to get your thoughts, your big picture thoughts on what really hasn't gone right with this team. And I know that uh, they're only four points away from uh, being – uh possibly undefeated at this point and 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 so it's not like they're that far off but at the same time there have been so many games that have been so close and i really thought heading into the season uh especially the way that nick saban was practically gushing about how much he loved this team that this was going to be nick's best team uh, that he's had in Tuscaloosa and it just hasn't worked out that way. And I wanted to just, just sort of, you know, probe you, uh, in, in your mind as to what you think the issues have been the major ones. Well, I think first and foremost, I think the biggest thing a lot of people have noticed is it just seemed like sometimes they just lacked intensity. And, um, I think that kind of starts, you know, leading into what they were mentioning about the, you know, performance anxiety going into some of those big games. But it almost just appeared that they were playing, you know, tr- playing to not lose or playing just to win instead of playing to really dominate their opponent. And that's really what the Alabama standard is. It's focusing on, you know, your basic fundamentals lining up against a man in front of you and just dominating that guy, dominating your box, as Coach Saban would say, for 60 minutes in a game. And I feel like uh, we just didn't necessarily see that at at times. You know, they just were a little inconsistent. And um, I think just overall, that was the most glaring thing. And it was almost as if, you know, because look here, the, the definition of anxiety is worrying about the future, right? So if these guys are worried about, you know, winning a game or their performance, they're not focused on being present and doing doing their job and doing what they need to do to be successful. And uh, that's that's basically what it boils down to, because these guys have all the talent. They have everything they need. I just I just don't think they always um, applied that, you know, that intensity or played with that competitive fire that they needed. I mean, you could look at a number of things. I, I feel like we definitely could be a little more creative on offense, putting putting some of our playmakers in positions to make plays a little more. Um, I look at the Tennessee game. I, I truly felt that we were um, too soft in coverage. I think we were too. Um, too worried about the deep threat and, and, you know, we're only rushing three guys. I felt like we could have brought a lot more pressure, as you saw some of these other teams do against Tennessee, like Georgia, and you saw how effective that was. So you know, there's a number of things to look at, but it, at, the, at the same time, it's hard to compare teams to, you know, other teams, you know, because there's different players, different coaches. I mean, we all know this. I mean, Coach Saban has to replace coaches year in and year out, and not just position coaches. We're talking coordinators every year, every other year. And that's not hard to do. So I think it says a lot about him that for him to be able to maintain um, his success with all that being said, you know, it says a lot about him. And yeah, this year might look at, look like a down year per se compared to what we're used to. But again, like you mentioned, I mean, we're talking about two plays away from being undefeated and uh, we wouldn't even really be having this conversation. But I think, you know, there's just a lot to really hone in on and moving forward and just trying to really go back to those basic fundamentals and making sure the guys that we have in this locker room are here um, basically, you know, to to do what they can to help Alabama, not just come here for what Alabama can do for them. So I think I think we'll see, you know, moving forward. I think these guys are got some good momentum from this past week, and I think um, they have a lot of good things going for them moving forward. But I definitely feel like this offseason, um, you know, Coach Saban in that program is going to take a deep dive into, you know, the coaching staff, the locker room, and, and really just, you know, 
do some self-reflection and see what they need to do moving forward to get back to their standard. Earlier in the show, you heard from Nick Saban in his regular Monday news conference. Now we're going to hear from uh, the other coach, uh, the very colorful Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. You know, you want to talk about anxious. He really, really, he really wants to beat. Lane Kiffin wants to beat Alabama. Yeah, I don't guys, you know, this is, let me just explain it really well. I don't really give a shit about how many yards we had, how close the game was. We didn't win the game. And two years ago, we walked off this field, and I said, we, ain't here to, we didn't come here to cover spreads. We didn't come here to play what at the time was the number one team in the country close. So all these things about, well, you did this, good, and, you, and freshman running back, rushed, it doesn't matter. We didn't win the game. So, you know, maybe some other places that's good or it's been here good in the past. It ain't good enough. We came here. To win to beat Alabama, we didn't do it, so we're 0 1 um, today. Pete Jenkins still rushed for 135 yards. Y'all can uh, chime in right here. What kind of influence did losing that football game and in Oxford did that, uh, did that make any difference on whether or not Kiffin goes to Auburn? And do you think he's going there anyway? I, I don't I don't know if it makes a huge difference on that. I definitely feel that Auburn really likes him um, as a potential head coach for them in the future. Um, but it, it's tough, though. you, you got to look at Cadillac Williams at least, too, now. He's been doing a great job um, as interim head coach. You know, he's won two games now. He really has won that team over. Seems like he's winning that fan base over. So I, I definitely feel like you have to give him a look, and we can talk more about that. But, you know, it's funny hearing that clip. Um, I, I wish we could. I wish we could show everybody the video of him saying that because if you watch his mannerisms and watch his hand movements, I mean, he he literally looks just like Coach Saban, and he sounds just <laughs> like him. And it's so funny that you can tell that he he really has started picking up on a lot of things that Coach Saban says and does. So I think it's awesome to see. Lars, I think Auburn, by virtue of having the great performances here now under two, and you know he they could have won a week ago, uh, but they did beat Texas A and M. But um, Lars, has, has, uh, has the Auburn faithful uh, gotten themselves into a little bit of a predicament? Are they going to need to keep him? Well, l l let me just say, what a great scene. What a great moment at Jordan-Hare. Jordan-Hare, sorry. As a, as a Midwesterner, I still, when I read it, it's Jordan-Hare. Jordan-Hare. Now, if you messed um, up Bryant Denny, oh, there'd be a problem. That's right. <laughs> but uh, what, what a great moment uh, for Cadillac, great moment for the program, and also just a, 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 a testament to how much Auburn faithful care. I mean, this was a game against two, three, and six teams. <laughs> and in what other universe does this game matter? But to the people who love Auburn football, it meant the world. And for Cadillac to have that moment and for those kids to play so hard for him, of course they have to look at him. Now, I don't know. I mean, it's really – there's a unique parallel going on between Auburn and Nebraska, where I'm from. And does Nebraska keep Mickey Joseph? Does Auburn keep Cadillac Williams? Two guys who have never been head coaches, or do you go after uh, big names? I do think Auburn is going to land Lane Kiffin, and they're going to pay him an extraordinary amount of money. And uh, I think Lane, um, he'll, he'd be stupid not to take this job. You know, it's 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 potentially 
uh, a job that he could hold for the next 15 years of his life. And um, I, I never thought that the Ole Miss job was going to be a destination for Lane, a guy who's been the head coach at USC, the head coach for the uh, now the Las Vegas Raiders, but then the Oakland Raiders. And he has been groomed to be a head coach since he was, um, as they say in the South, knee high to a grasshopper, right? <laughs> Ever since he was coming up. Yeah, I'm getting good at my Southern phrases. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's just, you know, the son of Monty Kiffin. And yeah. and Monty Kiffin was, Christian, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he create the Tampa 2 defense? I think I got tripped up there. What'd you throw back with the question? Didn't, did Mon, didn't Monty Kiffin, wasn't he the architect of the Tampa 2? Isn't he the one yeah. who created that? I, I, I believe I, I, he was. I, yep, I believe he was. Yeah, and I, didn't but, Lane hire Monty? <laughs> At one time when he was at I Vegas or something like that? Well, I guess then yeah. it was Los Angeles if they stopped jumping around a little bit. But um, All right. Uh, first hour in the books. Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and our gang here at Tide 100.9. Thank them. Um, back at Crawford. Hey, Josh. How are you? I hope life is treating you well. Uh, I do want to uh, jump into something that you said in the first hour. You call a wide receiver a dog. No, it was Saban that called him a dog. Back in a minute. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over, and man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family, do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we have to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterc letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. It's delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight.
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Hey, welcome back into the show. Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson and Christian Miller. Very serious story that popped up this morning, and I was listening to Tide on the way over here from Birmingham. I'm sure many of you know about it, but they're trying to get more details of what happened at uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. But uh, University of Virginia President Jim Ryan held a news conference to uh, inform that three Cavaliers football players were shot and killed and the alleged assailant is a walk-on from, former walk-on, from 2018. And he has now been custody, taken into custody. Um, shootings on campuses, whether it be high school or college, just too often. And obviously, uh, the prayers of this show go out to that family, um, all of the families that are involved here. But... Uh, and I don't know all the details, but I think they were on a bus at one time, and the assailant pulled out a gun and just started shooting at people. Um, it's it's very hard to understand, and I'll be very honest with you guys. Uh, sports has too much news in it these days, and uh, I get tired of reading it. I, I will read it because we need to know, but uh, even in your much shorter lifetime than mine, Christian, uh, that didn't used to happen. Mm. And um, it is just uh, it's a scary part of our culture. It is. And uh, it, it's just a terrible situation. And, you know, prayers go out to everyone involved and everyone affected. And, um, you know, it's just overall just terrible. And, and I just pray for everybody involved because it's such a such a tragedy, man. You know, it's just tough. But then those guys, you know, student athletes and um, man, I just my heart goes out to all of them. But we just we have to do better. We have to do better as people. You know, we just have to start loving one another, and um, you know, we just really just have to just come together. You know, because senseless tragedies like this, they just we just don't have any room for it. No, we're, we don't. You know, it's twenty twenty two. You know, Christian, uh, the key word you said is is love to me. We, no, we have to love one another. Um, we need to uplift one another when someone is going in a dark place. And and so, Matt, as you mentioned, uh, the police have in custody a uh, University of Virginia student who is an ex-UVA football player, and he's a suspect of shooting uh, three current players and wounding two other people late Sunday Um uh, at the school's main campus as a bus returned from uh, a class field trip. And suspect's name is uh, Christopher Darnell Jones Jr. 
And right now he's facing three charges of second degree murder and three counts of using a handgun in the commission of a felony. And um, he was arrested uh, this morning about um, uh, 80 miles outside of, of Charlottesville. And police haven't offered a, a motive for the attack. And um, I, I got to say, at, at, in my experience at, at teaching at Alabama, and I am entering, uh, I'm in year nine of being a, a full-time faculty member, I've never felt, I've never felt that I wasn't in a safe place at Reese Pfeiffer Hall. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that Alabama couldn't necessarily be immune to something like this. Um, uh, Christian, when, when you were a player, did you always feel, uh, safe even not, not just on campus in Tuscaloosa, but when you're traveling, um, you know, and going into very hostile environments, did you at least feel safe, uh, physically? Yeah, Lars, I, I felt that, um, you know, myself and the others on the team, we always felt safe. Our security detail did a, a great job, um, you know, protecting us players, keeping keeping folks uh, away from us uh, to a certain degree. And and uh, obviously they, they always protect Coach Saban. I mean, he always has security detail around him. But, you know, they always uh, did a really good job for us. And we know most of these guys on like a first-name basis. So, yeah, I would say we, we always felt safe. But, again, it's like you said, I mean, it's just in today's society, you just you just never know. You know, it's it's tough to tough to say because I mean, you could you could probably put a lot of security measures in place, but unfortunately, somehow some some tragedies just happen. You know. Yep. Um, and it's not loopholes. It's just crazy people. Um, in this case, it sounds like somebody was very. In most of the cases, it's somebody that's imbalanced. Uh, Christian, was it noticeable? I mean, I know you get the glamour of the. The police escorts, you know, when you're on the buses and then you get it on the road, too, I would assume. Mm -hmm. And we all see Saban, Saban with the, you know, the troopers in their cool hats protecting him after the game and coming onto the field. How much of it is uh, designated for players? Did, are there? I'm just going to ask questions out of total ignorance. Are there security people that practice? There's one question. Um, not Not like you would see on game day. Per se, um, usually you'll see some type of you know officer or something somewhere um, at some point, um, but not like how it is on game day. You know, game day there, there's a lot more security and whatnot. Um, again, you you always see them surrounding Coach Saban, especially you know going into the stadiums and whatnot. Um, but yeah, there, there's there's some type of security um, or an officer that's around. I would say. Did uh, do you remember ever hearing or? having to go to a safe place or anything because there'd been a breach there, in your playing time? There there was one situation, um, and it ended up being fine, but I think there was um, uh, a suspicious uh, – there's a suspicious individual kind of around the complex with um, what they called a suspicious bag, I believe. Um, and they, you know, they followed protocol, made sure everybody was – um, you know, in a safe, a safe place until they kind of did some more investigating and figured things out, and I think it turned out to be okay. But, um, yeah, they, they take those things serious for sure. They definitely do their part to protect uh, the players and everybody in, in the building. Did you guys, like, go on it, some Matt, kind of lockdown? Matt, uh, um, Matt, if I – Go ahead, Lars. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I apologize. Um, 
so basically all buildings on every campus uh, you can get into freely in and out right without having a uh, an access card um you know during sort of working school hours and uh, i don't want to linger long on this at all but i think this is a couple of facts are important here um, there have been, according to like multiple outlets, uh, conservative, liberal, down the down the middle, there have been at least 68 shootings this year that have occurred on school grounds in the United States, and including 15 on college campuses. And we have to remember that the deadliest school shooting in modern U.S. history remains that. 2007 attack at uh, Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, which is just a, a stone's throw from where uh, my mom lives. Um, and that's when a 23-year-old student uh, tragically took the life of, of 32 people before um, taking his own life. And so, um, again, I don't want to dwell on this, but um, I, I I, I don't know what the answer is here, guys. And um, I, I think just uh, more education uh, about it. And uh, I mean, do we, Christian? You're you you you've been a, a student uh, far more recent than uh, than Matt and I. And so I want you to put your the the student hat on here. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel at Alabama when you were in class that maybe this isn't the safest place I should ever be or I should be? Because as a professor, I've always felt extremely safe. But again, it only takes one incident to radically, you know, change everything. Right. Yeah. No, I would say um, I've always felt safe, especially in the classroom. But um, I think the safest place I would feel would probably be at our football facility complex. I mean, we have fingerprint scanners to get in the building. Um, those doors are usually locked. And again, you know, they, they definitely take their security very seriously there. So, um, but even out, outside of there, the classrooms, I've always felt safe. But it's like you said, you know, you just always have to just be prepared. You just never know. But um, yeah, I, I feel like we do a great job here at Alabama. All right, I got to get this question. Matt, 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 did you ever- Matt, when you were coming up, did you ever feel unsafe either in high school or college? No, and, and it's facts. Facts are facts. Not only did I feel it, I didn't sense it. I never thought about it. I mean, it just nobody did anything like that. When, of course, you know, that's back when they were wearing leather helmets, so it was a time ago. <laughs> but uh, no, it just uh, and you know, I here you're gonna hear it again. We didn't lock our doors at night. Yeah. Um, particularly when it got hot, you know, we didn't have we didn't have air conditioning in my house when I grew up, and that's how old I am, or I guess how my dad treated things. But we left all the windows, uh, the screen doors, everything was open. So, in answer to your question, not no, but you know what? No, we never thought about it. And you know, we had yeah. we had major security because of Redstone Arsenal and NASA. Um, Especially in the early 60s. That was, all right, I have gone on a deep dive. I want to ask you about saving calling a wide receiver a dog. I meant to get to that in this segment, but did you hear that? He I called did. you Corey Brooks a dog. I like that word, though. I know you do. We you say we're them. missing him. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll be back in just flash.
listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Guitar, here we come. Christian's travel agency has one right, goal. Talk to you soon. The world's biggest soccer tourney. The hotel is seven miles from the stadium. Are you serious? Did you email the transportation company? Ninth low at 46. For tomorrow, cloudy and very cool rain, mainly during the morning hours. The high tomorrow at 53. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 57 degrees in Tuscaloosa. All right, we're back. Christian Miller, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. In the news conference just a little while ago, a little more than an hour ago, Nick Saban was referring to wide receiver and was asked about his progress, what's next for him as a wide receiver and player with Alabama. But uh, he said Ja'Cory Brooks was a dog. And I just didn't know. You have described – first of all, tell everybody what a dog is. And then has, have you ever seen anybody that played wideout referred to as a dog? Okay, so first and foremost, a, a dog is is the ultimate competitor. He's the alpha male. You know, he's he's the go-getter. He's the tone setter, right? Um, and that's that's a huge compliment. I hear that coming from Coach Saban. I mean, that, that speaks volumes, and especially about a receiver. Um, you know, some examples of dogs that, you know, I played with that I think of, like Reuben Foster's. Jonathan Allen's, Ashawn Robinson's, you know, those guys are tone setters. They're, you know, alpha males, big vocal guys, you know, they, they, they get the job done. And uh, that says a lot about uh, Ja'Cory Brooks. And, uh, I mean, he said a lot more than that, too. I mean, he said basically was saying the guy's tough, reliable, can run routes, athletic. I mean, he basically couldn't find anything negative to say about him. All he could say is, I'm sure if you ask him, there's some things he needs to work on. But that, that sounds to me like some really great praise. And, uh, you can see it. They definitely were trying to get him more and more involved. I mean, I think he had the most targets over the past couple of weeks, and that's the type of player um, that you want on your program. And I think we need to see more guys step up uh, and be dogs, like Coach Saban uh, referred to him as. Christian, before we get into um, uh, this year's team, I want to go back to Reuben Foster. Because you played with him, correct? I did. We need to get him on the show one day. I might have to reach out to him. Yeah, yeah, at, yo, at, yeah, absolutely. Oh, show. But what was it like? <laughs> what, was it, what was it like just being with him in uh, position group meetings? Like, mm-hmm. it seems to me that out on the field and out in the world, <laughs> he's one dude you wouldn't want to mess with right. ever, ever. Right. <laughs> Well, what was he like in the meeting rooms? So I was uh, with the outside linebacker group, and uh, he was an inside linebacker. So I didn't spend uh, position meetings with him. However, I was with him. Well, sometimes I would when I would go over to that room because I I rotated a little bit here and there throughout my my career. But the majority of the time I was with him in meetings would be, you know, in our defensive meeting room. Um, which we were in there often. And uh, it's funny, man, Ruben, uh, Ruben Foster is always one of those guys. Like you said, you see him on the field. I mean, this guy is a, is a killer. I mean, he, he's a dog, right? But off the field, man, he's he's one of the nicest people you meet. You know, he had this, a smile that lights up the room. You know, his, his energy was infectious. Like he, everybody wanted to be around Ruben. He's a really, really good guy, man. And it's just one of those things, but he has this switch that he flips when he steps on that field, man. It's 
it's a, you, you don't want to be around him. now I'm, and i'm sure that that switch you know might come out off the field too I, i've seen him <laughs> seen him get a little heated off the field as well but but ultimately he's just a great guy really fun guy to be around but man i'm talking about when we talk about a, a football player that guy was he was trying to take your head off are most dogs like that on the field and then not off or does it just vary I, it varies. I mean, I, I feel like there's a handful of, of dogs that kind of just carry that all around. That's just kind of who they are. They that That's basically their identity on and off the field. But, again, there's some guys, again, you know, off the field, they're, they're calm, respectful, you know, they have great energy. You know, they're always smiling, but they flip that switch. And that's what you have to do. Like my dad always told me that when I was young, you know, because I was always, you know, a nice kid and, and, and real, real respectful and whatnot. My dad used to say, hey, man. When you step on the field, you got to flip that switch. You know, football is a physical, aggressive sport. You know, it's, it's great that you're a, a great kid, and <laughs> it's yeah, he's man, proud but, of that. Yeah, but. when you when you get on that field, you got to you got to flip that switch. And I remember I finally in high school, you know, once the competition started, you know, picking up, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah he's right. Yeah, I got to flip that switch, and I, I did that. Oh, and the rest is crimson history. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, Christian, the uh, I would argue that the original sort of alpha male in uh, on Nick Saban's teams at Alabama was Rolando McClain. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was assigned <laughs> a couple years ago when Rolando was playing with Dallas to do a story on Rolando and Rolando wasn't really into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and I'll, I'll, I'll get into that more, you know, later on a different show, but, um, how much of influence did Rolando McLean in your estimation? And I don't know if you've had any interaction with Rolando or not, but just sort of his, his legacy at Alabama, how important was that? You know, um, I think it was very important. Um, and again, I mentioned guys like Ruben and Jonathan Allen because those are guys I play with. But you're exactly right. Rolando McLean was definitely a dog. Um, I've gotten to, to be around him um, when he would come and work out at the complex when I was in school there. But, um, you know, his legacy was very important. I mean, you look at the guys that kind of followed his lead. You know, you had the, the C.J. Mosley's, you know, Reggie Raglins or Ruben Foster's. Rashawn Evans and uh, Rolando was one of the first guys with Coach Saban and so um, he definitely uh, played a big part in that legacy especially the linebacker legacy that that carries on today um, that we're seeing you know this program is known for for the linebackers it produces and he most definitely was one of the first with Coach Saban to really set the tone. Matt who's who's like when you just sort of do the mental Rolodex uh, going back even before Saban who are are there players like Rolando McLean that that stick out in your mind? Well, Derek Thomas was like that, mm-hmm. um, and you know I covered him in the eighties, but I don't know if he totally encompasses what Christian has described, and that's a dog. Um, he was just so gifted athlete, athletically that nobody could stop him, and I don't even really know if he had to have that kind of attitude. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's, hey, I'm curious to yeah, what the you know did you get to talk to him a little bit? Yeah, because I I grew up you know hearing about him and you know watching a little bit of him, but I, everybody knows Derek, especially if you play outside linebacker like I did. Everyone knows Derek Thomas, not just for what he did at Alabama, but when he what he went on to do with the Chiefs. I mean, the guy was incredible. He was a, a really good man too. I, I remember doing a, a really uh, in depth piece on him, mm-hmm. and his father was a B fifty two pilot, I think in Nam. Oh, wow. And was killed. Wow. And there was some 
pictures and some paintings done of, of Derek playing with his father, like as a pilot over his shoulder, all really, really cool stuff. But, uh, he took that to heart and, but that's, you know, that's back in the day where a reporter could say, Hey, could I talk to Derek for 30 minutes? <laughs> what now you go, you got five go. Um, that's if you get to speak to them nowadays, yeah. you got to go through the whole media director, the media. <laughs> I remember they told us, do not do any interviews that have not been requested through right. us. And <laughs> it's probably, probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I can remember going into, uh, Brian Hall. Oh, really? And, uh, we, well, we <laughs> ate. The, the media got to eat there once a week. Really? And when I was single, that was my best meal of the week. <laughs> I mean, I'd get the salad, I'd get the potatoes, I'd get the meatloaf, I'd get everything. I couldn't imagine eating in Bryant Hall, which, was, you know, now they eat at the football facility, the complex, yeah. but I couldn't imagine eating at Bryant Hall and just having reporters sitting in. <laughs> well, I mean, it was just the one day uh, that you did that. Okay. Day away from uh, fried bologna. Was that my? Yeah, it was. No, uh, ramen noodles, fried bologna. I ate a lot of eggs, um, but that's probably about as far as we want to go down that road. How was no. the How was the food back then? Though awesome. you, you, know, you know, we brag about it now. Was it just uh, as good? It was awesome, really. And it wasn't unusual to have a steak at lunch, and that was in the eighties. Wow! So, so they've been doing uh, this. They've been. Oh yeah, Bryant, um, Paul Bryant developed a lot of the things that we use today or we see used today really? on a smaller scale. Wow. But uh, his players came first. I mean, this is happening in the 60s. You know, he would coach them up, coach them out, coach them tired, but uh, he wanted them to be taken care of. Still rings true today. Um, yeah. Christian, Christian, when you were in school, did you um, did you live with other players off campus or on campus? And and did you guys normally just kind of socialize together? Were you were you kind of always in the Alabama football bubble or um, did you ever sort of get out of that? So our, our first two years were required to live on campus in the dorm, and uh, the dorm pretty much is all football players. I, there might be a couple of basketball guys, or but there also has to be a few students um, as well, but um, you don't really see them too often because there's really not many. I mean, it pretty much is probably 90% football guys in there, but to answer your question, Lars, those are some of the most fun times i had man we were we were a little community man we used to bring grills in the back we used to be grilling on the back porch of brian really <laughs> we, oh man cool. we'd be playing video games in the dorms together we did everything together man and it's so important you know to have that that bond with each other and, and, and that's what we did we embraced that bond at brian man there's so many good memories if you ask anybody that played at alabama ask them about brian and the, the back of brian man we had a lot of good times you know when we had media days that's where we did our interviews really and, and, and we would have our lunch and you know you sit with player i mean you know, i know that sounds crazy now now but, yeah um we would go back out there, and even with the meet, we had so much fun. Gary Hollingsworth, the quarterback, was the funniest guy in the history of Alabama football other than Roger Schultz. But we'd sit out there with Roger and with Gary, and we'd just talk and cut up. They'd tell jokes, and then we'd pick up a microphone, do an interview. Golly, I miss those days. They'll, they'll never come back, and for several reasons that are important. But anyway, that's Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter right here on the Jay Barker Show and Network.
listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we have to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. 
It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. All right, thank you. And welcome back in the program. It's Matt and Christian and Lars just digging up and talking about what happened over the weekend. Lars brought it up and did a really good job of uh, describing what it was like with Carnell Williams getting his first victory at home. Uh, fans were awesome, but let, let's do a deeper dive there. Um, is he, he's, I think it's over. He's won the team. And as a result, he's won the fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian, um, and uh, they've got a Patsy this weekend, and then they play Alabama. Mm-hmm. If by chance he was ever to win out, it's going to be hard to go ahead and hire somebody else. It's going to be hard to hire anybody else right now, isn't it? Yeah, because this, this feels like one of those feel-good stories. You know, you got a guy who, who gave his all to the program and has been around there, and, you know, he really is, is you know, a great example of, of that program. And, you know, for him to have some success right now, it, it, it it's one of those feel-good stories. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be very hard for you not to consider him at this point. Um, you know, he's done a great job with his team, and you can tell those guys love him and they're they're playing for him. And uh, he seems to be a great leader. And I think that's one of the most important things um, a head coach uh, can do is, is to lead his men. And uh, this guy is, is doing that in Cadillac Williams. So it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I know there's lane, names like Lane Kiffin out there um, that they're probably interested in as well. But definitely going to be hard to, to not give Cadillac Williams a, a serious look after the product that he's put out on that field the past few weeks. Christian, I, I agree with you 100%, um, and I want to circle back to that in a second, but just the scene on the planes Saturday night was so special. I mean, this was like the 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 mother of the mother of the mother of all homecomings, and this was Cadillac's moment, and in a way, it felt like this is the rebirth and I don't want to, you know, overstate things here, but this felt like rebirth of Auburn football because you look Auburn is not the most talented team in the country. We know that neither is Texas A&M, but you know what? Auburn played like they were on, on, a, on, on, a, on a higher mission. And then, uh, you know, the fact that uh, they lost so much. But anyway, Auburn ends up winning the game 13 to 10. It's Cadillac's first game as a a first win as a head coach. And then what was so beautiful is that no one wanted to leave the stadium. They sang together. They swayed together. They literally were crying together because they were so happy. And guys, this, Matt, I'll go to you. This is sports at its best. 
when it brings so many people from disparate backgrounds, uh, from disparate uh, uh, socioeconomic stratas, doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is like you love this team so much that you are willing to stay late and then have an, a, a physically emotional reaction to what is happening to a team that now is four and six. Four and six. That's why football in Alabama and football in general and sports in general are so special, Matt. Well, in, in Auburn's special um, in, in, in many ways, but I, I think the one thing that happened Saturday that really made me think that uh, people love Auburn, people love Carnell Williams is his former Guys he played with in the 04 undefeated team, mm. there was more than a handful of them with him. Mm. Not on the box, in the box, the coaching box, but they were on the sideline. You know, guys like Ronnie Brown and um, some of the other guys I can remember from 04, just right not off the top of my head right now. But they were embracing him. And when they were uh, kind of circling around post game on the field, uh, he was getting hugs from everybody. And I just think that, uh, and he used the word special many, many times because he was there and he credits Auburn for uh, pretty much uh, game planning his life, not on uh, the field, but off the field as well. So um, I just, um, I wonder what they're going to do because to be very honest with you, this guy has been a coach since 2015. Is he ready? I'm just going to throw this one right at you, Christian. Is he ready to take over a team, a program that's in turmoil and is so down as far as their talent level? And just from an X's and O's standpoint, seven years as a head coach, I mean, as a coach, is he ready? You know, that, that's the, the only thing, Matt, that you look at. Um, you know, as, as great as he's doing, um, leading this team and getting these guys to play and and, and everything it's it's hard to say you know that that auburn job is, is that's a big job you mentioned it um you know auburn's a big program they've, they've had some success and um you know that's the only thing you know lining him up next to a to a lane kiffin or, or someone like a matt rule one of these head coaches one of these prominent head coaches that are out there right now with much more experience um you know it just might be kind of tough um trying to compare his resume uh to a coach like the ones i mentioned but um, you know, you definitely have to consider him. If I'm being honest, I, I, I don't know if I see him getting that job just yet. Um, could he do it? I definitely feel like he could. Um, but just knowing, you know, that's, that's, that's a big first head coach job. You know, it's, it's not a small school. It's Auburn is a, is a big school and it's a big job. But um, I think he's, he's deserving, but it's hard to, to take him over someone like Elaine Kiffin, in my opinion. Christian, um Christian, is is there a game at Alabama that you reflect back on where it was just such a special environment like it was at Auburn on Saturday night? And 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 I even think, look, I, I always tell my students that there's there's so much more to learn from when you're writing about defeat rather than victory. Mm-hmm. And this has been a, a season of defeat for Auburn. And that is why I think on Saturday night was so special 
right? Like, because they just, it was like this collective, uh, you know, 70,000 people just saying, yeah, we're not done yet. You know, we're not done yet. And, um, and I, and I know Alabama when you were, Alabama is very different than that. Right. Mm -hmm. But do you remember a game or a moment when you had interactions with fans or saw fans literally brought to tears by the performance of you and your team on the field? You know, this might be a little bit different, but one thing that sticks out when you mention that is actually, I think it was when we lost um, in the national championship game to Clemson, when we arrived back um, on our buses, we flew in and then we bused back to the football facility, there actually was a large number of fans that were outside waiting for us to get back just to show their support and say, hey, um, you know, that's a tough loss, but you know, we support you guys and thank you guys for everything you've done this season. And and uh, to me, I thought that was special because at, at Alabama, you know, the standard is so high here. And, you know, we were already down on, on ourselves about losing that football game. But um, to get back and to see so many fans, um, passionate fans that were there just to kind of support us and say, hey, guys, you know, keep your head up high. You know, we're proud of you. Um, you know, thank you for everything. See, I thought that was really special um, in that moment because, again, a lot of us were down. You know, we just lost a big game. But to have the support of the, of the fans was huge for us as a program. Did you ever have like uh, moms or, or uh, just diehard Alabama fans bake you cakes and stuff like that? <laughs> I don't know about baking cakes, but no, we, <laughs> man, there are some diehard fans, uh, and I, I hate that I can't uh, think of her name, but we have one fan that, I mean, she was literally at every single um, pregame walk. Um, she, she, she comes to every event. Um, any Alabama event that, that fans can be a part of, I always see her there. I mean, I, I've even seen her at Coach Saban's radio shows. I mean, she attends everything possible. And uh, it just goes to show you, man, Alabama's fan base, they're serious. They oh, love God. Alabama football. Well, and what I really, really like, and this is true around the SEC, uh, but very much in this state, is uh, I need to word this properly, <laughs> is how much females know about football they do. And i mean it's just not okay i understand what a first down is no they're talking about a zone blitz yeah, they, they take it <laughs> serious they take it serious hey um oh, my wife yeah, and yeah, i Matt, yeah go ahead can i say really quick um yeah i i i wrote a story once about about female fans in the cc like having their own watch parties and like husbands and all dudes not invited <laughs> and like that's how serious they are about it and uh and and finally just the uh, christian the stretch of alabama football i was living in new york city and i happened to uh travel to china and i was just uh out of outside of beijing walking on the great wall again i had not moved to alabama yet and what do i hear in the distance roll tide, <laughs> roll tide. <laughs> on the great wall in china wow that's impressive oh uh, yeah there's a place in israel that just sells nothing but alabama gear have you ever seen the pictures of facebook on these people that'll travel over there i haven't and I and there it's got roll tide in this shop it's, wow it's nationwide. It's worldwide. It's Alabama football.
You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, are you sick and tired of living with that constant pain in your knees and back? You know, joint pain doesn't just keep you from doing what you love. It affects your job, your relationships, even simple things like... At night, the low at 46. For tomorrow, cloudy and very cool rain, mainly during the morning hours. Behind tomorrow at 53. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 57 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Hey, welcome back. Um, before we get back to content here, although this is certainly good content, tasty content, just want to remind you, you folks that get over the Birmingham area, how good rock and roll sushi is. I go to the one in Hoover, and Karen and I go there often. Sometimes we just get takeout, and we just go home and eat. But uh, if you love sushi, they've got it obviously made fresh right there on site. Um, I'm a big hibachi grill guy. Last time I got the shrimp, it was uh, just really good stuff, and the, you know, the uh, ginger salad that they serve. Um, it's just incredible. Play. And, and make sure you get the, uh, I think it's the rock and roll shrimp, headbanger shrimp, something like that to start your meal off. Have you ever been there? I have. They have one here in uh, Tuscaloosa that uh, I actually really like. I can't remember the one I get, but I think it has like the, the crawfish or shrimp on there. Yeah. And, it's uh, a, oh, it's a big one. It's yeah, stacked. It's, oh, high, yeah, it's stacked. Yeah, I've had that. Maybe some jalapenos. It's, it's good, Matt. Really good. Rock and roll sushi. I like it a lot. Um, yes, uh, they're one of our sponsors, and we're going to build on that as well. Lars, you got a topic or something you can wrap us up with? Um, well, I could talk about rock and roll sushi for a long time. <laughs> I, I'm like, okay. you, uh, you turned me on to uh, the hibachi grill. Um, and uh, I also I, – I, I'm a guy who doesn't like the taste of fish. And so you would think I wouldn't like sushi, but their California rolls, amazing, amazing, uh, <laughs> the best I've ever, the, the best I've ever quick, had. Quick story. Yeah, uh, yeah, Chris. <laughs> I want to tell this real quick because I love I love busting Lars' chops. But um, we were, I was going to the beach and I said, "Don't you love the beach?" And he goes, "No." I was born in Nebraska. Why would I like the beach? There's not a beach within a thousand miles of Nebraska. And then when I asked him about fish, he said, I was born in Nebraska. We eat steak. That's what we eat. So if, if, if Lars Anderson can find something at Rock and Roll Sushi to, to suit a corn husker, then uh, must be a pretty good place to eat. Yeah, and Christian, I, I know our listeners are dying to know what's your what's your favorite food, favorite pregame meal. Oh man, well, we'll see. Those are two different things now, Lars. I can't <laughs> eat my favorite food probably before a game. So, so look, my favorite food I would say is probably fried shrimp. I love shrimp, love it fried. Uh, if I see that on a menu somewhere, that's what I'm ordering. But I mean, I I love a good burger too. I love trying burgers everywhere I go as well. So. Uh, fried shrimp and burgers, I would say, but pregame meal, I like to keep it simple and know that, you know, the spaghetti is going to prepare me to play right. good carbs, you know, give me some good long-lasting energy. So, you know, the spaghetti and steak pregame meal is usually what I go to. All right, here's the question. Is there something or several items that you just won't eat? That I won't eat? Uh, you know, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not a very picky eater. I, I, I really like to try a lot of different things. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I'm just like, oh, no, I'm not having it. But... I would say I'm pretty versatile when it comes to food. I, I eat a lot of a lot of everything, honestly. I can't eat beets. That's it. That's really? the only one. I love everything else on the planet, but it just the beets just don't work. What about you, Lars? I don't think we've ever talked about this. Well, 
I, I mentioned uh, being in China, right, and on the Great Wall and, and hearing a roll tide. I got to tell you, the Chinese food in China is nothing like the Chinese food in the United States. Uh, Chinese food in, uh, say, um, uh, uh, Shanghai, you got stuff moving on your plate as you're trying to eat. That might and, be something I can't uh, do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it 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 just it was not for the uh, American palate. I'll put it that way. And um, so I ended up eating rice for uh, <laughs> rice and cereal uh, for about thirty five straight days when I was over there because wow. I just I I couldn't eat food. The food was so bad, and um, it, it's just you know when you're in a in, in a foreign country. Especially, I swear, the, the farther away you get from the United States, the harder it is to <laughs> sort of adapt your um, your your eating habits. Um, it, it's just all you really want. And I'm not like a McDonald's or Burger King guy, and you can get those anywhere in the world. But I, it's hard to eat a, a healthy diet based on what is put in front of you because. You, you've never had it before. And yeah, like I, I'm like both of you guys, like I want to try everything at least once, basically everything in life just once. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, food, food is, is, is tough in, in, in China, but uh, I don't know how I got off on this topic, but um, it yeah. started Christian, with rock and roll hey, sushi. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, hey, the, both of you guys. Matt has been to my house uh, when I've grilled steaks. I swear, I it, it has been hard for this Nebraskan to live in Birmingham, and uh, I, I just I don't feel like I can get like a, an, an amazing steak. And uh, so the amazing uh, steaks are cooked at uh, Chateau. Anderson, uh, most Saturday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Both of you guys are invited. As all all, all listeners, come on. All over. listeners go to Lars, and I will uh, put out on Twitter his address. So, um, I just want to throw this in real quick. I guess the listener uh, helped me out. Uh, the lady that I was mentioning earlier that attends every event and is always uh, there when it comes to Alabama football is uh, Johnny Sue Stillwell. So, what a great name! Great name. She's a great lady. Like I said, she 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 attends everything. Always. I'm sure she has a million pictures of uh, me and all the other guys on the team and, and autograph football. So, um, big thanks to Johnny Sue Stillwell for all her support for uh, us guys in the program. I think she should be on the show. That is so cool. That oh, is yeah. so cool that um, that that you you still remember her and that she played a big role in your time in Tuscaloosa. Huge role. We'll have to get her on the show sometime. I think that's a great idea. Hey, uh, two hours just flew by. Thank you, uh, everybody, for listening. Thanks uh, to our producers that make up this fine show. I'm really the backbone. Thanks. Let's do this again tomorrow. What do you think? That sounds good to All me. Right. <laughs> See you, Lars. Be careful up there in Nebraska. All right, man. Go Big Red. Roll Tide. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance.